You're listening to episode number 11 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about patience and why I don't think prayer is the only way to get more of it and what you should be doing instead. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. So it is August. We are flying through summer. I can't believe it's almost over. It's crazy to see friends, kids going back to school already. Ah, It's insane. (laughs) But I wanted to dive in because a few weeks ago, I think this was in June, I heard a sermon around patience and how to cultivate patience. So this summer, our church has been going through all the fruits of the Spirit. And this one struck me in particular, not because it was bad, but I walked out of it feeling like that wasn't really helpful, (laughs) like in all reality. And I know that's kind of a a bold statement to say, but... um, I just, I felt like there was more that could be added. It just felt like it was lacking in tangible action steps. And so I want to talk about patience and prayer and weight loss and how this all ties together because I think, number one, it's really important to understand why you're feeling impatient and then to actually have some action steps on how to increase your patience, how to become more patient on purpose and concrete steps to do and to work on that's going to allow you to do this. And so I chose this particular fruit of the spirit for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think patience is the number one skill that we all need to learn, especially when it comes to weight loss. So I think as, especially as Americans, we are not very patient people. We want instant gratification. We order food and we want it now. We want to post post pictures and have lots of likes right now. We want that um, instant feeling. We want things immediately. And we are not, I just think as people, we're just not good at being patient. We aren't. Like that's just how our humanness works. There's nothing wrong with it, but that's something that we have to focus and actually practice and be intentional about. And so I think patience is an important piece for everyone, no matter what, hands down across the board in all areas of life. When it comes to weight loss, though, I think we also have to learn how to become patient. And this is something that can feel hard. And we're I'm going to dive into this more later. But the second piece and the second reason why I chose patience was because that's actually one of my own personal struggles is patience. So one, so I've done gene keys, and I don't know if anybody has done this or is familiar. It's a personality type and analysis based off of when you were born and where. And so it's, and it's very fascinating and it's very accurate for me. <laughs> so I don't know if you've had similar experiences, but it's G-E-N-E keys, K-E-Y-S. So Gene Keys, you can go to genekeys.com. I ended up getting the book, which is called The Gene Keys, Embracing Your Higher Purpose. Um, and it helps to explain some of the different things. But this I found to be really insightful for me because what it does is it outlines your shadow or your challenge states. So all of the things that you are going to struggle with. And my four core ones are confusion, doubt, impatience, and hunger. 
And I think it's so fascinating just how this comes up. But within each shadow, you also have a gift and that's the potential of what's there. And so we want to look at how do we go from confusion into imagination or doubt into inquiry or impatience to patience. And then there's an essence, a higher level, a higher state, which would be timelessness for the impatience patience one in particular. For hunger, it goes to adventure and then boundlessness. And so I look back on this because I know whenever I'm struggling or whenever I feel like I'm procrastinating, whenever I'm swirling, doubt and confusion are my two top things. When I'm like, oh, I don't know what I should do. I don't know what I should eat. How do I work out? It's the doubt and confusion. And I'm just pinging off of those two things. And it's just keeping me stuck. If I'm stuck, it's often doubt and confusion. And a lot of times there's also impatience sprinkled in there. So For me, this is really good just to help me start to recognize and see if I'm ever feeling stuck, if I'm ever self-sabotaging, if I'm ever procrastinating, these are the things that I I know, like those are the first places that I look at. And not it's not always going to be there, but that's going to be the first thing that I go towards, that I look for in terms of trying to figure out what's going on, what's really happening here. And so I want to talk about patience because, well, it's just a personal thing that applies to me, but it's something that really, I think we all can learn from and learn how to do better. So let me tell you about this sermon. It was a great sermon. And it was so funny. I walked out of the sanctuary and my aunt was with me and she was like, wow, that was a really awesome sermon. (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, seriously, were we listening to the same thing here? Because while it was good, I still was like, really, that's all you're giving me? Is this it? This it could be so much more. And I think sometimes we have a problem pairing personal development with spirituality. And and so maybe they give you the first half a step, but we could take it further. And so what the pastor was saying was when it came to patience, the way to create more patience is to pray. Just pray harder. And to me, that sounds a lot like just try harder, just willpower harder, just keep doing this. So it comes off as kind of passive of just pray for patience and it's magically going to be sprinkled down on you without any realistic approach to why are we impatient to begin with and how do I focus on creating more patience in my life? And so that's where I feel like it it gets stuck is it kind of keeps us from stepping into that personal growth and personal awareness of what's really going on under the surface. And it it feels very passive. How do I have more patience in this situation when the line that looks the shortest and the lady wants to pay and she's got 10 coupons and wants to open a Target red card and now she has a check for the remaining balance. And I have two items, right? There are going to be times when just praying is not necessarily going to help me in the moment. We can do better. We can do more. I don't want you to get me wrong here. Prayer is powerful and it's important and it's something that we are called to do. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians. So we are told to pray. There's nothing wrong with prayer, but I don't think it stops there. And that's where the sermon ended. And my view is that, yes, absolutely, we can pray and we should pray. But let's also now incorporate these other things to start to understand what's really going on and truly start to change the habit. So some of the other things that he said were, well, just pray harder. Just pray for the patience. It was, you need to have mercy and compassion with others. Okay, again, we're kind of back to the same boat here of that's not really helpful. (laughs) Or keep an eternal perspective and you will have more patience. 
all right, I can be keeping an eternal perspective, sure, but in the moment when I'm not feeling well and I'm trying to check out at Target and this lady wants to take forever, she needs to hurry it up. Or we're told, well, we need to be patient with others, like God is patient with us, right? So just be more patient and then you'll be more patient. No, that's not how it works. It reminds me of this idea of you cannot use the the word in its own definition. And everybody likes to go and define the word, but they use the word to define it. So in defining patience, it's like the essence of being patient. (laughs) This is not helpful. (laughs) This is not practical. And it's not practical and it's not helpful because we have human brains and we have 60,000 thoughts a day and we are not good at managing these thoughts. A lot of them run underneath the surface. They run without us even realizing it and we don't know how to manage our minds. So I think that the first step to pray is a great first step. Absolutely. Let's pray. But let's also not pretend that little patience dust is just going to come and sprinkle down upon us and things are magically going to change. Because we're human and we have natural tendencies and natural habits and patterns as to how we respond to other people and to other things, this is the habit and the cycle that we need to work on. So I want to try to reconcile having patience and waiting on the Lord with not taking action or letting fear stop you. You could be thinking, well, I want a new job, but you're just going to pray about it and wait for it to fall in your lap instead of going out there and updating your resume and applying for new jobs and networking with people and seeing where there may be openings and doing some strengths finders. Like there's a variety of things that you could be doing in order to get a new job. But to just be praying about it and praying that it happens as if God is your little genie that is supposed to fulfill your every wish is not an accurate reflection of who God is and why we are here and what God's job is. So let's pray and let's take action. Let's look at how we can take a page out of the personal development world and start to look at why we're impatient, and how to truly cultivate more patience, not just wishing, waiting, um, hoping that things change magically. So let's talk about why we're impatient. And I think it's really, it's also so fitting because my son would not fall asleep this morning. He did not go down for his morning nap until 2 p.m. (laughs) He normally goes down for a nap between 9.30 and 10.30 on average. If it's like 11, it's pretty late. But typically in that range, he's sleepy. He's been up for, you know, two to three hours. He's ready for a nap. And so I took him out for a little walk. He fell asleep. He stayed asleep for 10 minutes once I got back. So I was like, okay, uh, let me try and let me go walk again. He falls asleep. This time I decide instead of leaving him in the car seat, I'm going to take him out. and I'm going to try and transfer him to his bed upstairs where it's nice and cool and dark and there's, you know, sound. Did not happen. Tried nursing him. Didn't happen. So he came and played downstairs with me. Then I had another another podcast I was recording, had another another call, and then finally was able to get him down to sleep. So his morning nap was actually ended up at 2 p.m. And I just think it's so fitting that I'm talking about patience today <laughs> on a day when I needed, like, I had to remind myself, like, I have this expectation that he should be asleep. He should be napping right now. And that's why I'm getting impatient. Actually, I don't think I was getting impatient with him. I think I handled it very well. But it's the idea, a lot of times our impatience stems stems from unrealistic expectations 
or just expectations in general. Because a lot of times we have what we might consider realistic expectations. When he naps consistently every morning between 9.30 and 10, I have an expectation that he's going to nap for an hour and a half to two hours starting at 9.30 or 10. Like, it is probably not that unrealistic. It's normal. But he didn't. And so it can be easy to fall into that trap of like, this should be happening. This shouldn't be happening. And a lot of times it might look like it should have happened by now, or this is taking too long. For example, trying to get him down for a nap, like this is taking too long. Some other places where this shows up, and let me know if you think this is sounds familiar. So there shouldn't be this many people on the road. What are all these people doing? Get out of my way. Or people should not be driving five miles under the speed limit in the left-hand lane on the freeway. Anybody else been there? I'm totally raising my hand. I have been there. Like, get out of the way, people. Stop driving under the speed limit in the fast lane. Are you crazy? Or maybe you're thinking, well, my child should be better behaved at the restaurant, the grocery store, at church, wherever. The lady checking out at Target should hurry it up and stop using all her 10 coupons and doing all the things and wanting to pay with a check. Come on now, get a debit card. Or maybe your coworker or an employee, maybe they should have completed a project by now. They shouldn't keep needing your help. They shouldn't have so many questions. They should be able to do this on their own by now. Or maybe it sounds like, or maybe it sounds like my boss should be nicer to me, or maybe he should value me more, or my spouse should think before he speaks. Maybe he should choose his words carefully, or it could sound like I should have received that promotion by now. I should be making a certain amount of money. It might be my baby is six months old and he should be sleeping through the night. What is going on? Or maybe I've been waiting in my car for five minutes and Chick-fil-A still has not brought me my order to my curbside. Like, (laughs) or I should have lost the weight by now. I should be further along. I've said a lot of these, if not like all of them in some form or another. Maybe not the exact, these exact words, but a lot of these come from my own expectations. A lot of which are just unrealistic or mismanaged. So are you noticing a theme here? Our theme is the word should. So should is a big red flashing sign that you are arguing with reality and that you have a manual for how you think other people should behave or act, or maybe it's a manual for yourself, how you should behave, how life should be going for you. And sometimes we have really good intentions. Sometimes we think, well, duh, this is common sense. You should not be driving under the speed limit in the fast lane. Hello, (laughs) this is normal. This is common sense. Other times though, they are unrealistic expectations. And anytime we have these expectations of other people, we are bound to get into trouble, right? Because we have these manuals, we have these expectations of how they should operate, of how they should act, of how they should behave of how they should treat you. And I just want to point out here that we are feeling impatient because of our thoughts. It's all of these thoughts, all of these shoulds. He should be doing this. He shouldn't be doing that. Baby should be falling asleep. Baby should not still be awake. Chick-fil-A should have brought out my order. I should have lost this weight. This is not working. All of my thoughts are creating my feeling of impatience. That's how the thought model works. This is what I explained in episode number two, I believe, the real, like the real formula for weight loss. That's ultimately where we have to go to work. And this is what that sermon was missing. 
Because yes, we can pray, but we can also start to identify what is creating that impatience for us. And it is a thought because we have circumstances in life. So all of these things are circumstances. Baby won't take a nap. Chick-fil-A takes 10 minutes to bring me my order. Boss says X, Y, Z. Don't receive a promotion within a year or within a certain a certain time frame. We have certain circumstances in life, and we have thoughts about those circumstances. And that thought is ultimately what's driving the feeling. So that's what's driving our impatience. So it's not a problem that we have expectations. It's not a problem that we have unrealistic expectations. Like that's bound to happen. We just need to learn how to manage them. We need to start to identify and recognize, oh, this is simply an expectation. I just thought that this is how things should operate. And now it's an opportunity for you to manage your thoughts better. And you get to now take control of your thoughts and your feelings. And impatience also manifests itself in weight loss in particular And I see this the most because it's this thought process or this thinking that I can't feel the way I want to feel until I lose the weight first. And so a lot of times I explain this as have, do, be. I have to have the weight loss in order to do the things and be the person. So in order to be happy, in order to be confident, in order to be sexy, in order to be attractive, in order to be proud, I have to have the weight loss first. And this is where we get stuck. This is often why we want to hurry up and get there. We want to hurry up and lose our weight because I don't want to keep talking crap to myself. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being nasty to myself. And rather than changing our thoughts about ourselves right now, even when we're overweight, even when we're in the process of losing weight, we think, well, I can't, I have to earn that positive talk. I have to earn the pride. I have to earn the confidence. I have to look a certain way in order to be thinking these things and about myself and in order to feel this way about myself. So I can't weigh 190 pounds and still feel confident. I can't be a size 15 and still feel amazing in my body. And so instead of really honoring and allowing what we're thinking and what we're feeling right now and accepting it and being able to move forward, we keep thinking that it's over there. Well, weight loss is going to solve my problems. Weight loss is what's going to make me happy. Weight loss is going to do it. And so that's why we can get impatient because we're always looking at over there. It's always across the field somewhere. It's always down the road. It's somewhere over yonder. And we think that we've put a benchmark with it. We think it's a certain weight. We think it's a certain size. And so often we get there. We get the weight. We get the size. Or we get close. And it still does not change the way that we talk to ourselves. It still does not change the habit of emotional eating. It still does not change how you show up for yourself or how you eat behind your own back or how how you feel in your body because you never learn to do that from the very beginning. But this is why we're impatient. It's because we just want to feel good. We want to feel proud. We want to feel confident. We want those things. And so we get impatient when the scale doesn't move the way we think it should, when the scale isn't moving fast enough when we aren't seeing these results fast enough. And so one thing that I've noticed with my clients is that those who make peace with setting a goal and then doubling the amount of time they think it will take to get there actually create their results faster. So it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds kind of backwards. Like, why would I take more time than I need to? But here's the thing. When we make peace with the fact that it may take longer than we expect, 
we can take the pressure off ourselves and we can learn to enjoy the process. We aren't trying to prove anything. We aren't trying to earn anything. We're looking at how do I create a sustainable process that I actually enjoy? How do I create a life right now that I love? How do I start to love my life and live my life rather than being so focused and caught up on my weight or on the number? So I've got a client who is looking to lose 40 pounds, but she wants to do it in a way where she never has to lose the weight again. That's where many of us are. We've lost the weight and gained it back. We've lost it and gained it back. Now she would love to lose her weight by, the, by November, but she's committed to doing this for the last time. So she's also okay if it takes an extra six months. She's made peace with the timing of it. She's okay if it takes her an entire year to lose the weight because she knows, hey, this is only one year out of the next 20, 30, 40 she may have left that she'll be able to enjoy the fruits of this for her quote labor <laughs> right now. So she knows, hey, it might be a year up front, but it's going to give me so much more. It's going to give me so many years back where I'm not worried about this. And then she went on to lose almost eight pounds in two weeks. All because she made peace with the timing of it. She's not looking to make it really urgent and scarce. She's not looking for it to define her. And she's looking at how does she make this easy? How does she do this consistently? How does she lose weight and go out to eat? How does she lose weight and enjoy happy hour? How does she lose weight and travel and go on vacation and do, you know, have weekends and, and just enjoying life? That's what this is all about. Because when we get impatient, we look for these get skinny quick ideals of, oh, we just got to cut carbs and, you know, cut calories and do these big extreme measures, but it's never sustainable. And when we have patience to take the time to create the process and to actually enjoy it, we actually stop feeling impatient because we, we start to change the way that we talk to ourselves right now. We allow ourselves to feel confident and proud and sexy and and, and worthy. We allow ourselves to feel these things that we want to feel right now. So we take the urgency out of it and we trust and we know, hey, I'm going to get there and I'm committed to making this happen. doesn't matter if it takes me three months or six months or a year. I am determined. I will make this happen. I will learn how to get this, how to lose my weight for the last time. And that also means that sometimes there are going to be weeks where you don't lose weight. Sometimes there, you might have, you know, a big weight loss. Sometimes you might have a pound or two gain. That does not mean anything has gone wrong. We don't have to freak out about it. We just have to stay the course and we have to look at the overall trend. And it's a good opportunity, quite honestly, for us to go in and assess and look and see, all right, was I drinking my water? Was I sleeping? Was I stopping at satisfied? Am I overeating? Where am I emotionally eating? If you're checking in with yourself and you're like, you know what? I've been like doing really awesome. I've been staying on plan. I did have two overeats or maybe I, I ate off plan this week or, hey, you know what? These days I didn't get in my exercise like I thought I had. When you start actually tracking this, you it gives you data to work with so that we can see because a lot of times our brains will want to tell us we're doing all the things. But if we don't have that data to prove and to show, oh, actually, for the last two weeks, I've been overeating every night at dinner. Huh. Oh, I wonder what that's about. I bet that's why the scale isn't moving much right now. Then we can go in and solve for the right problem. We don't have to get super restrictive. We just have to learn how to solve for the right problem, which means we need to identify what the right problem is. Oh, look, little man is awake. He slept for about an hour and a half. That's good. 
All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. (laughs) So how do we cultivate more patience, right? So we can start to understand why are we impatient to begin with? So we want to look at what are the circumstances? What are the situations that trigger you to feel impatient? So write out those circumstances. I gave you a few examples from my own life about where I feel this. You might feel this at work, maybe on your commute, at the store, at home, with your kids, with your spouse. Where do you feel impatient? And I want you to write out these circumstances. Write out the situations. Now, I want you to write out the thoughts that you have about those situations. So these are all the thoughts that are driving your feeling of impatient. So again, it's all the thoughts around shoulds. It's the expectations. This is taking too long. They should get out of my way. I can't believe they're still here. This was supposed to be the shortest line. Why are they not listening to me? They should be behaving better. All of that. A lot of times the expectation is going to come with a should. So what is your expectation? And then if we keep the circumstance the same, like how do you want to feel instead? Do you want to feel patient? Do you want to feel understanding? Do you want to feel content? Do you want to feel peace, determined, committed, unwavering? Do you want to feel certain? Do you want to feel proud, confident, desirable, loved, energized? Right? Think about like, how do you want to feel instead? If you have been trying to lose weight and let's say it's been two or three weeks and you haven't lost any weight and you're starting to feel impatient, like what the heck? We've got to hurry this up. We're running behind. We're not going to meet our goal. How do you want to feel instead? Maybe you just want to feel committed. Maybe you want to feel content or peace that, hey, you are on the right path. And even though the scale isn't moving, maybe you're losing inches. Maybe your body size is changing. Maybe you're able to wear a smaller size shorts. Let's look at what else is going on here. So let's look at how do you want to feel instead? So instead of feeling impatient, let's choose to feel something different on purpose. And then what do you need to think in order to feel the way you want to feel? So maybe you need to think something like, I'm okay making mistakes and getting a few things wrong in order to figure out exactly what this path looks like for me. I'm going to figure this out regardless of how long it takes me. I'm not giving up on my dream, on my goal, or my desires. I'm not giving up on myself. I'm in it for the long run. Like, I am committed. I am certain. I am focused. I am determined. What is the thought that is going to drive this feeling, that's going to drive how you want to feel? If you want to feel proud or confident, that's this is an opportunity for you to think about like, all right, well, what do I have in my life to feel proud about? How can I feel proud about this, the progress that I'm making? How can I feel confident in the choices that I'm I'm choosing, even if I'm not seeing the end result just yet, or maybe I've only achieved half of it? And I think sometimes it's it can feel tricky because we like to look to our past to prove where we can go in the future. And that's a habit that we really have to break. And look, I'm right, <laughs> I am right there with you. That's something that I'm still working on. I do not have to look to my past to prove where and how far I can go in the future. My past is for me to learn from. It is not my fortune teller. It is not dictating what I can and cannot achieve moving forward. I can learn from it. Can I get curious? That's really where this is at. So let's pray. Absolutely. Let's pray. But let's also do the work to understand why we're feeling impatient and work on actively choosing to feel patient instead. And 
actively working to feel the way that we want to feel, especially when it comes to weight loss. Because this is an area where amidst so many really fast success stories of I lost 30 pounds in 30 days and you can too. And then when you don't, you feel like shit. That's not fun. That really sucks. I have been there and it sucks donkey balls. It's terrible. So let's not go there. Let's skip over that. Let's put all of those to the side because the reality is we don't know how long they've kept their weight off. They may have lost 30 pounds in 30 days. It's hard to say. But if they just gained it back 30 days later, or if they gained it back three months later, is it really worth it at the end of the day? No, it's not. We want to lose the weight the way that you can live it. That is the goal. That is the purpose. So, and this is what I help my clients with. It's not just about creating the plan. Yes, absolutely. I will give you a plan and a roadmap of here's, here are the steps, here are the things that you, we want to be focused on doing, the actions that you can be committed to taking, the actions that are going to become your goals, not just results goals, but action goals of like, here's what I want to be doing and how I want to be showing up for myself. And then we also add in the thought work and the feelings because we do not eat in a vacuum. We eat because of our emotions. So many times, so often, and there's nothing wrong with that. We just want to make sure that we like our reasons. And a lot of times, we're going to get frustrated with ourselves that we keep eating when we feel sad or lonely or discouraged or frustrated or impatient. So if you are ready to do this differently, if you are ready to lose your weight for the last time, if you are ready to try something different that you have never tried before that is going to rock your world and create easy, fast, sustainable success, then I would love to help. So go ahead and find a time on my calendar. You can visit bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule and you'll get a link to my calendar where you can find a time where we can chat and we're gonna spend an hour really diving into where you are now, where you wanna be in 12 months and what's really stopping you, what's really blocking you from getting there. And I guarantee it's got nothing to do with the fact that you love carbs or wine or cheese or bread. It's going to be so much more than that. I'll help you cultivate the patience. I'll help you create a process and a system that works for you so that you actually enjoy the process. I'll help you create a system that feels easy. One of my clients last week told me that her, the process, she was so amazed at how much weight she was losing and that it felt easy, right? Weight loss, it's easy. What? That's unheard of. And she's not a special unicorn. She doesn't have some magical set of genes or genetics or metabolism or hormones. We're just going to break down all the rules that are not working and we're going to start to build in like better habits, better systems. We're going to start to identify why you're reaching for food when you're not truly hungry. And we're going to look at how do we create this healthy relationship with food so that you can enjoy all the foods you love and still lose weight. All right. Little man is calling me, so I got to get going, but I would love to chat. So if you would like a call, please book in. Let's find some time and take into this. Okay. All right, here's to more patience, prayer, and weight loss. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.